Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Licton Lifestyle. I'm Steve Pack, along with Dr. Edward Licton, the expert in the field of anti-aging and wellness medicine and the author of the textbook of bioidentical hormones. On today's show, we're going to talk about pain, and we've got one of Dr. Licton's patients with us. Pam is in studio. Dr. Licton, why don't you lead us off and tell us where we're going with today's show. Well, fibromyalgia is a disease that's been known for really hundreds of years. The problem is we had no good way of quantitating the disease. So Mm -hmm. someone comes in and says they're in pain. So the doctors will typically try to find a cause for the pain. Well, let's take an x-ray of your back. Let's go ahead and draw blood work. And when they get done with this evaluation, they say, we can't find anything wrong. Mm -hmm. So within the last 15, 20 years, they've gone to a system of symptoms. And that means you have pain in certain areas. So there are 18, quote, trigger points. These are located on the scapula, middle of the back, elbows, knees, lower back, and wherever there's a joint. And the discussion is if you touch these spots and these are more tender than other places, this is how a diagnosis of fibromyalgia is made by many doctors who treat fibromyalgia. All right. Can I hold you for one second and ask you another question? You said it's been around for hundreds of years, but yet it seems to be one of those. Is it? Would you call this a disease? Is that classified as a yeah, disease? A disease that falls through the cracks. Yeah, so it's been around, but we didn't have a name for it. That's right. So what, what happened that all of a sudden uh, it rose to the level of people giving it a name? Well... There's three different philosophies. One is doctors have been realizing over the last 30 and 40 years that the Freud idea of disease is wrong. People don't come to a doctor because they're psychologically impaired. Mm -hmm. They come to a doctor because it's real. So everything from menstrual pain and migraine, which were considered hysteronic, hysterical diseases, now we have enough science to say, People come to the doctor's office because we can find something real. But there are diseases like fibromyalgia where they really have any good markers. So fibromyalgia is a disease that are still being treated by psychiatrists, psychologists, and certain doctors who will give psychotropic medication. The point we're going to make today is fibromyalgia is a real disease with real biological markers that can be treated. And these women, mostly women, the ratio is like 9 to 1 or 8 to 1, that these women are not faking it. They're not looking for secondary gain. They just want to get back to their lives. They want to get back to taking care of their household, their children. They want to get back to work. They're not hysterical. They're not histrionic. These women are real. And they'll problem we have is so many doctors trained in the 50s and 60s, even the 70s and 80s, who have a less than ideal opinion about women will make this a psychiatric or psychosocial disease. Okay. And are treated accordingly. Right. You look on TV, PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, PMS. What do we treat it with? Prozac. What do we treat fibromyalgia with? Cymbalta. What is Cymbalta? What does that do? Cymbalta is a psychotropic drug. A psychotropic drug is one that changes your own psyche. It's almost in the family will be used for people who are bipolar. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is heavy-duty medicine. Why do you give the patient this kind of medicine? Because you put them in the corner, you prop them up for 8 or 12 hours, they don't move, and they don't complain. It does reduce the pain, though? They can't talk to you to tell you that they have less pain. <laughs> that's the whole point. If okay. you don't know what to do, medicate them to where they can't talk. Yeah, that's not good. So what are the key points? What are we looking for when, when people come to you? Uh, it's, it's known as muscular pain. Right. And here's a little bit of background. When okay. I trained back in the horse and buggy ages in the 1960s, there was a fellow at uh, Ohio State, who was a leading physiatrist. This is a doctor who works with muscles and joints. Cool. Never heard of that before. And his name, Ernie Johnson. Last time I had a reunion, he was still running around in his 80s like he was in his 20s. But I spent a whole semester with him learning about muscle pain because I thought it was interesting, nothing more. Mm -hmm. He called this disease fibrositis. He thought it was the muscles were filled with water and they wouldn't work because they just couldn't constrict. So his treatment back in the early 60s and late 70s, or or the other way around, was a mild diuretic. And it's the same diuretic I use today on my women patients, the aldactone or spiralactone. 
And that sort of stayed that way for years and years and years. And then as I started treating women hormonally in the 70s and 80s and even into the early 90s, the patient's as we've seen with the other women, the diseases evolve, they change. You start with PMS, you start with migraine, you start with menstrual pain, you you get different symptoms. But fibromyalgia seemed to be developing a lot of the women who I had fixed some other problem. So I checked the literature and found that Robert Bennett, who's a medical doctor, chairman of arthritis and uh, fibromyalgia and lupus in Oregon, had done some original work. And he looked at different hormones, just like you and I talk about, the vitamin D, the growth hormone, thyroid. And he came up with the patients that he classified as fibromyalgia had low levels of growth hormone. Interesting. 1992. So when I saw his article, he put out an article on pain in 1995. And this is the time when I was doing this hormonal work and looking at these patients. Mm -hmm. We had a nice long talk. And basically, he was inundated with so many patients with fibromyalgia, he closed doing it. He says, I, I don't want to see another fibromyalgia patient. But he had put these patients on growth hormone for nine months and showed that 75% of them he was able to raise the blood level of growth hormone and all their symptoms were gone. And no major journal would publish it even though he was a professor. But what is the connection there with HGH and the because, pain? Because growth hormone is necessary for your muscles to heal, repair, and get rid of the lactic acid. So without growth hormone, the lactic acid, that which you generate from movement, stays there in the tissue, swelling the tissue and make it so it doesn't want to move. You need the growth hormone to help the lymphatics and help your body heal. So if you feel like you're 90 years old getting out of bed in the morning, you probably are because your growth hormone level could very easily be that of a 90-year-old. But what is creating the muscular pain initially? Yeah, every time you move, you make lactic acid. This is what happens when the tissue breaks down to constrict. Just like the piston in the car, it goes from tight to loose and uh-huh. tight to loose. Well, that movement takes energy. And it's actually there's some destruction involved with every movement you make. And when you move, you create lactic acid. You've heard this when you exercise, you generate lactic acidosis. Well, just living generates lactic acidosis. And that acid sits there if you can't clear it. And the growth hormone has all the other cells that come in to clear the lactic acid to convert the lactic acid back into the normal building blocks of our body. If you don't have the ability to fix the lactic acid problem, you're stuck in marathon overload. You can't get out of it. And you don't have to run a marathon. Just getting out of bed in the morning is enough to set off this amount of pain. Growth hormone is necessary for cellular repair. And what what role does ATP play in all of this? ATP is the energy. So what happens is when you've gone ahead and generated that ATP molecule to go ahead and constrict that muscle, and then you run out of ATP and you can't generate energy from an aerobic standpoint, you go to an anaerobic standpoint, and the anaerobic is where you generate a hell of a lot of lactic acid. Mm. You're exactly right. Well, let's get real world. Let's talk to one of your patients. Pam was kind enough to stop by. Hi, Pam. Welcome to the program. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm doing Dr. good. Martin. Let's get a little history on you. I sound like a doctor now. Mm. A little history, Pam. Um, you came to Dr. Lichten how and when? Well, before you came to Dr. Lichten, what did you notice you were doing when you were 45? Or you, you want to just write older? the questions for me? 45. I have to. <laughs> if you screw up, it's part of my job here. You told me to wing it, so right, I'm not afraid. Right, right. Go ahead. I'm not intimidated. Do the interview. I'll sit back. Uh, I was feeling pretty good at 45, actually, and um, skating. I'm I'm an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a multitude of things anyway. Aside from skating, I I do spinning and um, a lot of road road cycling. So other than that, I've always been a sprinter, feeling pretty good. But uh, things had changed. I would say within the last three years, the last three years. What happened? And I began to feel. Um, as I was still in skating, but I, I sort of left for a little while, but I was still doing practices and whatnot. Um, but the body wasn't right anymore. And being an athlete all my life, I knew that um, things were changing. I almost felt as if I was drying up inside. Uh, the, the joint soreness, I had delayed um, the DOMS, the delayed onset muscle soreness that you usually have as an athlete that goes away after a day or two after you've done plows or whatever, trained really hard, 
this was not going away. I'd lay there in pain for weeks. Um, and I waited quite some time, actually about a year before I came in to see Dr. Lichten, even though I'd contacted him a year earlier. Um, I waited, and then finally I did make the, make the call. Because it was really getting in the way of everything you were doing. I mean, you had this active lifestyle, and now all of a sudden you were noticing more pain. It wasn't going away, and your workouts. It was. I, I mean, I even told my coach, I said, you know, by the way, if, if, if I say anything, I said, just I want you to know it's hormonal. I'm fighting something, and I don't know what it is. I really didn't know what it was. I did go to two doctors, two other doctors, before I came in here. One was a female. She was quite, she was older. And um, she did. She wrote me a script, basically, for a psychiatrist. Really? And told me to find out, or to go find out why I didn't like my husband. <laughs> Seriously? Find out why I hated him so much. I couldn't believe it. I, here I am pouring my heart out, telling her I'm full of life. I'm, lo- I'm just like dying inside it's my muscles. It was all about the physical. Not, I, I didn't tell her anything. I don't, you know. But I guess because I was feeling so bad physically, she, and I knew right away, I'd make a beeline. I would right. never be back. Next. Uh-uh. So you made another stop to another <laughs> doctor? I did. And I told him uh, um, about the muscle soreness and everything. He did prescribe. Um, he said, I know just what you need. And it was the Estra test. And I thought to myself, I don't want to take that. It, what was he doing that for? He thought what? Uh, for athletic performance. He also told me I could only stay on for a year. But and es- then he goes, and then after that, you decide. What is that? Estrogen test is estrogen and oral testosterone. It's a form of testosterone I don't use because it's actually in higher doses liver toxic. It's been around since the 50s. But he actually was the closest to saying, you're menopausal. You want a little more testosterone. Here's something available that we can give you. So he was close about one of the six hormones. But the bottom line is methyl testosterone is not the safest, not the best form of testosterone. But it's the only one FDA approved for women. So when Pam came to you, what were you seeing? What were you recognizing in her symptoms? Well, Pam is uh, very active, and you could see that she was uncomfortable and a little put off to start with that doctors had blown her off. So we spent a time, uh, 45 minutes an hour, just talking about a lot of different things. I explained to her that we're going to look at the six hormone systems, see if one of them would help to point the direction, because we know if you... They have low levels of vitamin D, and you don't sleep well, then your growth hormones drop. If your growth hormone level drops, then your thyroid's off, so you're fatigued. If your thyroid's off, your adrenals are off, so you don't have energy, you want to take a nap at 4 in the afternoon, you crave carbohydrates, you crave any kind of caffeine just to keep going. We talked about the role of digestive enzymes uh, as we get older to help with joint pain and even bone spurs. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about the role of the different forms of testosterone and how the athletes, professional athletes, have used testosterone. And for us normal people, a little bit goes a long way. All right, Pam, back to you. Well, my other complaints also and my other things that I was feeling, the the two biggest things aside from the muscle soreness was the weight gain, which as hard as I work out and exercise and train, I can take that off. And and this time it wasn't going away. And I couldn't eat anything. And I mean, change the diet and whatever. And the other thing was lack of libido. You know, Pam is sounding a lot like me in, <laughs> in a way. Seriously. When I came to Dr. Lichten a couple of years ago, it was, it was similar. I wasn't in pain, but I trained all my life. And I was 50 years old, I guess, when I came to him. And um, same thing. I, gaining a little bit more weight. Uh, it's, uh, things weren't working as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I see similarities between us, even though we don't have the pain connection. Right, because the, we have found a similar connection. The whole world is being poisoned by estrogens, and it can affect individuals in similar or dissimilar ways. But we have a cause, and we have a treatment. And it's just a point of looking at which hormones are in disruption because of our environment and addressing them. And like I said, two or three of them are available over the counter. So, you know, it's something simple that everybody can do. The vitamin D, the DHEA, and even the uh, digestive enzymes. If you're not feeling 35, then take these products just to start with, just for the heck of it. And what did Dr. Lichten do for you then when you came with these issues? 
Well, the injections, I'm, a, I'm happy to, I was very happy to hear that I could, prob- I could stay on them. Unlike the last doctor I visited who said, you can do this for a year and then after that figure it out because you can only stay on this for a year. I was looking for something more. We'll go back a step. We went through the blood work. Yeah, explain the oh. blood work. Do you remember you what know, that was like? Remember we talked about... When you did the blood draws? Yeah, vitamin D being low, you weren't sleeping well. That mm-hmm. told me you had some menopausal issues. We talked about the hormone replacement to replace to, so you could sleep better. I think I gave you gabapentin, a muscle relaxer to help you relieve some of the muscle pain to start with. Then we were surprised by how low your growth hormone level was, mm-hmm. considering how kind of good shape she was. And we looked at the thyroid. I don't. That was a big deal for me. Put her on a little bit of thyroid, talked mm-hmm. about DHEA. And even though her nutrition was fantastic, she had certain key player hormones that were just off. And what we did was we went to replace the simple, cheap ones first. And that included vitamin D, thyroid, compounded thyroid, DHEA, the water pill, spirolactone, and then we went to the testosterone therapies. The difference here was I used a different combination of androgens to give her more, as you put it, ATP, more energy. Mm -hmm. And we adjusted these over a period of time. And Pam will take you through the first visit, the fourth visit, the 12th visit, and then before this last trip. And how we adjusted the medication based on her symptoms and what she experienced with the fibromyalgia symptoms. All right. Go for it. As it got better over time, one of the most amazing things when I came in to meet Dr. Lichten when he went over the six um, systems with me was that he looked up and he, he just, I mean, I know, but he saw, and I guess you could see that I wasn't. How did he ask it? I mean, I don't have any hair on my arms. I didn't. Have, I don't have eyebrows, and that amazed me that he just picked up on that. And then he asked me about the underarms, so that that was a big deal. So what this means is, when you lose the corners of your eyebrows, mm-hmm. you're looking at thyroid deficiency. Really? Yeah. Even with men? Yeah. And when you look at, <laughs> I'm looking. At you're looking at yours, and when you have no body hair. Underarm hair, this is adrenal. None. So that's DHEA. So these questions, this is part of the art of medicine. Mm -hmm. And then when we measure the blood levels, well, lo and behold, the blood levels confirm what the observation is. And obviously, physically, the the symptoms were actually worse than what the blood work was. So we knew she needed good replacement for thyroid and adrenal hormones. And I don't remember if we had some Cortef in the beginning or not. But cortisol is what I use when people are completely burned out and their adrenals are so much disarray that their thyroid can't be balanced and they can't get any energy. But obviously Pam came back because of her high muscle tone and just by being able to get some energy in there to clear out the lactic acid, uh, the changes I think were pretty dramatic over the first two, six, ten weeks. Mm -hmm. And you have to tell me because I don't know. They were. They were extremely dramatic. And for the better. I mean, everything, the, the muscle soreness had subsided. How long did that take to go away? Only a, only a couple weeks, only about two weeks and that was after on, seeing Dr. Lichten. And that was the initial treatment of? D, vitamin D. Vitamin D. Compounded natural thyroid. Okay. Adrenal over-the-counter DHEA. A water pill, spirolactone. And then the androgen mix that I put together that you and I have discussed before that we can't talk about. But the bottom line is we put this product out. And the interesting with Pam is we have a marker. We have both the blood markers. Why? Look what happened. I fixed everything else and your growth hormone levels come back up. Mm -hmm. But she's got a better marker. It's her speed. How well can you work out in the beginning? And then how fast do you skate? And that's going to be a measurement like an athlete. We're taking this woman who is an athlete, but taking her from where I can't compete, I can't even skate for fun, I hurt so badly, to I can go back to skating, I can go back to skating with my friends who compete, I can go back to beating my friends, and now finally I can go into competition against kids half my age. Mm. So some of the pain or all of the pain is going away at this point or – a good portion. No, it's pretty much all, so, all gone. So, but even early on, it was it was going away, and all of a sudden, you're noticing your performance is coming back. Oh, big time! And that's a good measure. I, I mean, I thought it was a testosterone issue. 
I I thought maybe the libido was estrogen. I didn't. I couldn't figure those two out. Uh-huh. That's another reason I came in to see him. But as far as the the athletic performance, that's back and it's through the roof. So. Yeah, how would you compare it to even earlier? Go back. When would you say your prime was? I hate to bring up ages, but oh, yeah, back not, when you were in your thirties, maybe early thirties or late twenties. I found skating speed when I was forty, so I started competing in that a year or two later, which is late. But I've always had a good start. I can mm-hmm. run on the skates, which is very difficult to do. Um, but I would say around my prime, I'm going to say forty three, forty five. And how are you stacking up against that now? Now, it's... Are you beating your time? Yeah. I, well, That's I'm the fastest times ever. I just had You're I just be- had last week. She yeah. beat her times at 43. But I'm she beat them good. My age level now, my performance level, is probably at a 30-year-old. 30 Easy. How cool is that? It's very cool. It's very cool to be back. And, and my friend, the people I skate with, who some are pro... Um, you know they know they've known me for ten years, and they can see the difference. And sometimes, some nights, they're just like. <laughs> so, how does all of this make you feel mentally? Oh I mean, boy, I'm back. I feel yeah. I mean, I'm generally a happy person, but it's taken me through the roof, through the roof. Right. I mean, relieving the pain is great, but then improving your performance and probably feeling more clarity, feeling oh, yeah. better mentally is a is a wonderful thing. Yes, and energetic. Um, it's amazing to be back. And we can start by, you know, remembering we have a woman here, a woman who needs to have balance of estrogen and a balance of testosterone. So uh, we have balanced the estrogen. There's different ways of doing this. We can use small amounts of vaginal estrogen because, you know, for bladder and for sexual activity, you have to have a certain amount of lubrication. We have estrogen patches we use in small doses if we find the sleep pattern is still disrupted. Mm-hmm. And then we have the androgen therapy, which not only blocks all these environmental toxins that were a major player here, but we're also able to use these testosterones to build back the muscle mass. Now, when you look at Pam, she doesn't look like a bodybuilder. She doesn't look like one of those freaky people. I mean, she's a girl. She's got bigger thigh muscles because she skates like any ice skater would. And uh, But other than that, I mean, you know, look at her. There's no extra facial hair. There's no acne. The balance has been just perfect. Mm, she had, nice guns. She, she just did a flex she, for us. She had some muscles before, but they, the tone is so much better. But the point is, <laughs> she's balanced. I love it. She's balanced as a woman who wants to be 50-plus, who can exercise and look and act and feel and relate to other people as if she's in her 30s. You know what I love? You know, I, I just love that people in their 50s and 60s can kick the ass of their sons or their daughters out there. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. just on on gym floor, running, skating, whatever. I mean, for those, I, you remember when we were younger and you used to look at people in their 50s and 60s and by 70, they were just like, oh, please. But now it's like, you know, you don't have to do that. You don't have to go that path. No. This is like, look at Pam is doing better times now than at than 40. In her prime. Hello? And, I, and remember, Mary's 77. Yeah. And she's out swimming her times at 40. She's been getting better and she's 77. Yeah, that was remarkable. Okay. And, you know, my little thing is okay, this weekend I'm out with the jet skis with my. 20-year-old stepson. And the truth is, I can't go as fast as him, but at the end of the day, if I've lasted with him after four or five or six hours of doing this, then that ain't too bad spotting him 42 years, okay? And then tennis starts next month, and I'll be back to playing against two guys 10 or 15 years younger than me, and I'm going to be back. If I can't kill him the first week, I promise I'll do it before Christmas. Well, you can be as fast as him on a jet ski. That's easy. Yeah, but it's a question of all the... It's it's a little bit of workout being in that thing for three or four hours. Oh, you'll do fine. I know, Come on, kid. I You know I am, but I'm just saying is, you know, how many people think of this or work like this, and then we gotta, you know, we're going to have a couple hours of tennis, too. But the point is to be in my 60s, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I told you my goal was at 70, when the league changes, I want to go back for the first time break into USTA at 70, and then sweep through it, because I'm really a 50-year-old, not a 70-year-old. I like it. I think it's a great goal. I like it. So, but you didn't uh, do any HGH, Pam. 
Yeah, I mean, your hormone levels, your growth hormone levels were low, Dr. Licken said. But, but yet- for her, the testosterone that we used with the vitamin D and the estrogen was enough of a balance that her growth hormone levels came up without treatment. Really? And this is a key. There are many places around the country selling growth hormone at 400 to 1,000 or even more a month, and it's BS. You don't need it. If you balance the other players, the growth hormone comes back. Why is it so expensive? Well, first of all, it's it's made by a process where they actually have to put 192 amino acids together. It's a very complicated, multi-million dollar facility to make this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should end up like insulin being you know, thirty, forty dollars a bottle, but it's not. But the price has dropped dramatically. My costs for growth hormone are the two hundred and fifty dollar range when ten years ago when I started using it 15 years ago when I started using it it was $1,500 so the price has come down almost uh, 700% from where it was Mm -hmm. which is great but if you don't need it why use it and you don't need to take 40 bottles and smuggle them into Australia like Stallone did or 80 Mm -hmm. bottles I mean one bottle of growth hormone lasts the average person three weeks to a month Mm -hmm. and yeah growth hormone can make you a little leaner Uh, next year for competition if we want uh Pam to uh, leave everybody uh, a whole lap behind. We'll start her on this for about three months beforehand. So for about a thousand dollars, she'll blow the twenty-five-year-olds out of the water, and they'll say, "Who was that supergirl?" <laughs> so fibromyalgia uh, doesn't normally occur with younger people in younger people. Oh yes, it can. I mean, we—I've seen people in their teens. The point is, number one problem with fibromyalgia is sleep disturbance. So a lot of people don't know they're going to end up with fibromyalgia, but there's no one with fibromyalgia that says they sleep well. So the cause is sleep disturbance, not enough vitamin D, not enough being outside, not enough nutrients, not enough minerals. We know there's a cause. And then when you get the situation, and Pam was one, where all these estrogen toxins are in the environment, we could measure something called sex hormone binding. We could show that these estrogen Chemicals had triggered the body to make all these binding proteins, so she had no hormones to speak of, no estrogen, no testosterone out there in her body at all. Mm-hmm. We had to block that. We had to be able to block these estrogens in the environment so that we could get her hormones, her natural estrogen, testosterone, and DHA to work. And that's what we did. We blocked the poisons. We gave her body natural nutrients. She ate well. She took her vitamins. She started to work out. She got water therapy because it helps to make the muscles move better. I mean, mm-hmm. whenever you're stiff, being in water makes a difference. Right. And then she found that once she could get the cycle changing from catabolic tissue destruction to anabolic tissue repair, then it was like a snowball. We just started rolling it, and the more she did, the more she exercised, the better lymphatics were, the more the act- lactic acid disappeared. And then she found she could be better and better till she was back to normal and then kept rolling to where she's the best she has been. Not the best we're going to have you at, mm-hmm. but the best she could be wow. today. Well, hang on because you don't want to peak too early, Pam. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to peak too early. you got a long way to go. Save some more. And uh, the point I was trying to get at was that uh, younger individuals can get fibromyalgia, but it's more common in older adults, correct? Right, because we don't make vitamin D. We don't get enough sunlight. Vitamin D is made in the skin. Older skin doesn't work as well. Mm-hmm. But do you think in some regards, Pam, that it was harder for you to get a handle on fibromyalgia or, or something being wrong with you because you're so fit? It was. Yeah, I mean, you're like, um, it's just like with cardiovascular disease. You see some very heavy set people walking around. They may not have it, and yet somebody that looks like they're healthy as anything could so it's tougher to process sometimes when you are so fit it was right and the point is when someone sits in front of me i don't judge them i mean i have a guy in here who's gray and i look at his blood work and maybe he doesn't have the heart disease i thought he did okay maybe there's something else a woman here is in good physical shape and you can read people's faces pretty well after 40 years of doing this she was real i mean people don't come to see me because I have nothing else to do. I want to spend my money and for you to tell me I'm a psychopath or histrionic. People are real. So if someone wants to spend their time to see me, then I know that they really have a problem. And we will do what we can by listening. And the point I try to make is 
something I learned in medical school first day. It said, if you give the patient enough time, they'll tell you what's wrong. Well, I'll add to that, if you get, listen to the patient long enough to write the right blood tests, then you've got a real good chance at least 70% of all diagnoses are made by blood tests. So if you're out there and they said, I think I have fibromyalgia and no one's listening to me, run the Licton profile, and then you go back and the doctor says, I don't know what to make of it. He says, that's just what they said. Let's read that textbook of bioidentical hormones and maybe you'll understand how we balance these simple hormones that every medical student knows about and then forgets after the second year of medical school. Well, who's the doctor that people go to, for the most part, when they feel this pain? They're internist? Family practitioner or internist. The internists are really geared for prescription writing. Mm -hmm. And they're the ones who write more Prozac and more Paxil and more Flexeril and more Xanax than anybody. These are not treatments. These are symptoms. And my problem with internists, and there's there's a good internist who's, quote, treating fibromyalgia here, but he only treats after I send him back a patient with the medicine. So back in the 90s, he started with DHEA. He won't write for growth hormone. Internists are scared of anabolic steroids. Not one in a thousand will write for testosterone injections. They weren't trained in these cheap, generic medications that are dollar or $2 or $3 a week. They're trained in writing androgel, which is $10 a day. So they don't know, and they haven't looked at what's available, so they can't say, gosh, I can give this woman a shot of testosterone instead of methotestosterone, and I can give this guy a shot of testosterone instead of androgel and save a fortune and actually get the hormone into the body where it's going to do some good. So how's the average doctor then looking at fibromyalgia beyond just writing that script? Is that as deep as they're getting with that? Well, there's a book out there by a colleague of mine, And he lists 131 supplements a patient has to take every day. Really? 131. That's easy to do. Not. Okay. That's number one. And he's an internist, and he doesn't write for testosterone. The FDA doesn't want testosterone patch that's available in Europe, which would be ideal for these patients at least to start. Mm -hmm. So if you could use a testosterone patch called Intrinsica, Intrinsa, Available in Europe, along with a little estrogen vaginal cream, you've got the hormones a much better ratio than estrotest. But the woman has to take her vitamin D drops, has to take her DHA supplement, have to find a doctor who knows how to use the right balance of thyroid. Because when you need to add these testosterones, it's going to lower the thyroid. Remember the thin eyebrows, uh, the fatigue. Whenever you're on any kind of testosterone or estrogen placement, The women need, almost all of them need some thyroid replacement, and Synthroid doesn't cut it. What does? Well, the Armour Thyroid, but guess what? Armour Thyroid is no longer available. We don't know if the FDA has put pressure on Armour to stop it. We don't know if their labs have been closed. Everyone's secretive. They just say, we can't get Armour Thyroid anymore. That just happened in 2009? That just happened last month. Wow. So my patients are, there's some natural thyroids out there. They're similar. One's called Nature Thyroid. One's called West, West Thyroid. But I'm sending my patients to the compounding pharmacist. And we're giving them two pills. One is the cheap Synthroid, which is T4, and one is the compounded T3. So they now have to take two pills twice a day instead of one pill twice a day if they're going to get comparable levels of thyroid replacement. Mm-hmm. Again, same thing we talked about, thyroid Growth hormone, vitamin D, adrenal hormones, diabetes uh, is not applicable here, but digestive enzymes, and then the balance of estrogen and testosterone. And I don't remember whether you have a uterus or not, but mm-hmm. when they're on this medication, there's no periods. So you don't have to worry about taking estrogen with my androgens and having PMS or migraines or menstrual periods. But now that you have increased libido, it just makes it possible 30 to 31 days a month. Right, Pam? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, if if you're taking estrogen, uh, the what do you call those, the pads, the sticky things? Yeah, the patches. patches. Patches, thank you. If you take estrogen patches, doesn't that create bleeding? It would, but remember we talked about the testosterone interfering with the estrogen receptors? Mm -hmm. So what happens is instead of giving estrogen into the lining of the uterus that would make it get thick and bleed, the testosterone goes in there and scars it down. Oh, that's neat. So you've been on the program how long? 
a few months, only a few months. Okay, when was the last time you had a menstrual period? Uh, two, about a year and a half ago. Right, so two even years. though we gave her hormones that the other doctors right. hadn't, because she was, in your own words, dry, yep. okay, half dead, yep. or more, now we've given her hormones that would make a 30-year-old boyfriend cringe, and uh, she's, she's married, so it's okay. But the point is, you have these levels of huge levels of testosterone, which she generates from her muscle activity now. No hirsutism, no facial hair, no acne, and the ability to finish. And she should have finished first. She showed me she made a mistake because yeah. she was so surprised to be leading the pack the whole yes, way. Yes. At the last minute, she moved a little bit too far wide, and she finished second in two races. She should have blown them out of the water. And the people who finished behind her were 20 years younger? Not that young. Okay. But a little Yeah. A little bit. And yeah. they were the professionals. Yeah. Okay, and you raced, you told me you put in one of the races. Well, I got a call at the last minute to be one of our teammates was, um, actually, she was on some, she's Coumadin, and she got some blood clots, and they had to take her out, so I had to fill in, and she was on the defending Master 4 lady. And how old was she? 30, I think she's 35, so, you, <laughs> so I had to fill in on the... So she had, to, you did seven races in four days? Uh, three, four, five, six... Six races, so three, relays. three races in four days, replacing a 35-year-old. And what happened in that race? We took second because, and I, but I skated my best ever in but, that and one. You, you, and, think, and you were the last. They used use the anchor. No. Okay, fine. No. Okay, well, I thought you did. But the point I is. I was in there, but. They finished second, and she replaced a 35-year-old. That's great. And two years ago, she couldn't skate. Okay, I mean, it's, it's, we call this a nice success story, won't you say? Yeah, I would say, definitely. And Pam, you'd say that um, the hormones and the therapy have kind of found a way of healing all of you, though, right? I mean, it's like at a cellular level where you're getting better once you balance your hormones? It is. It is. It, tr- it truly is. Uh, everything I can say, all the systems, I can I can see a big difference in. All systems go. Yes, pretty much so. <laughs> and, all systems and- Damn go. And even though, I mean, how can you say to one doctor who treated me and said, you know, here's a script for a, a psychiatrist, and I've only been married, I just remarried in 05. And to have your libido go, I lost a year of everything last year. And so to finally um, feel good again about that, it's just like, you know, I'm, it, it's, it just makes you feel whole again. Right. Now just imagine this so. scenario. Pam goes back, and you can have another copy of my book. You go back to the woman psychiatrist who thinks your psycho, your disease was psychosomatic. Show her your pictures where you finished. Tell her what is in the book. There's a whole chapter on fibromyalgia. And give it to the doctor with a, I think this is something that your woman patients would like to read, like to know about. Do you want to make a bet about the person reading it, listening it to you, or actually in any way considering that you're not just as crazy as what she thought? And, you know, that's really sad because she's, she's, it was a female, and I thought she'll know. She'll have the answers. to. And I have been reading on Bioidentical. I knew all this stuff for years. And um, she basically, when she said, you know, yeah, I think you should go see a psychiatrist and find out why you don't love your husband. <laughs> so if you were looking into bioidenticals for years, yes. what finally got you to Dr. Lichten regarding bioidentical hormones? The pain and the, the lack pain. of libido. So, and, but you and were researching it probably for different reasons than pain originally, right? Uh, right. I mean, the, normally the libido when, went first. Yeah. And then the waking. And then the pain. Mm-hmm. Then I thought, and then the fatigue, then I had an impingement on my cervical, on my neck. And I'm like, I can't afford not to go see him. So I made the call. And the neck pain was what we call a trigger point, which is really something that's been described for 5,000 years, is what acupuncture was about. And the Americans here can do something called trigger point injection. We just put Novocaine in. We don't have to be as accurate as a Chinese master specialist. We just have to be in the right area. So a little bit of Novocaine, because her muscles were so tired that she actually was letting her head collapse or fall forward. And so once we broke the pain cycle, she could stretch out just like a Charlie horse. And then by giving her the testosterone, we gave you some topical Motrin too, to, I think, to relax the neck muscles. But mm-hmm. then by her getting stronger... 
the muscle became stronger. She could hold her head up, and she didn't have headaches again. So this was all the aftermath of tired fatigue, depressed posture. You look like you're a rounded old person. You feel like you're 90. I can see those people when they walk in the door. I know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's another positive thing about working out, staying fit. You know, when your muscles are, are stronger, your body just stands more erect. Yeah, well, you round up, you uh, show you, your whole world's on your shoulders. Well, when you have these drugs, you can handle stress better. In your case, you can push it to the limit. Although we don't know what the limit is yet, do we, Pam? No, we don't. We're gonna, no, we'll, have to see, we'll have to see next year, right? Well, it's, it's very nice that the pain has gone away. And um, I don't know if we want to get into any of the other benefits uh, of this therapy. She can say that her husband uh, can keep up. Well, maybe. Is he he's, coming, too? No. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the missing link, Pam. He's, right there. He's, get him in. Let's call him right now. <laughs> that's funny. He would, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, because we've talked about this before. You know, it's a natural uh, digression of our libido and sometimes it happens so slowly over a number of years that in relationships we we think that maybe we're just too busy with life and business and kids and we're tired and we're not really recognizing it goes away until you start therapy and feel when it's back and then you go ah you know i remember that yeah and it was like day and night like i said and i even got to the point where i was apologizing to him saying Trust me, it's not you. It's it's hormonal, and I know it. For a year, I was telling them that. Wow. So that's good that you knew that. I mean, a lot of women. Oh don't. yeah. See now the lie is it is hormonal, and now I can tell you that. And now <laughs> I feel like yeah, the, the makeup for the last time is wonderful. <laughs> it's just natural. Sorry. It's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing to have a a side effect of a, a healing therapy for pain to be. Hey, by the way, you might have a better sex life, too, as a, <laughs> as a side effect. See, you can measure depression against sex performance. Think about that. If you feel crummy, sex might be once or twice a month. But I don't know anybody having sex twice a day unless they're a little psychopathic who are depressed. <laughs> right. I mean, let's think about it. You have sex because you feel good about yourself and your hormones are there for a natural drive. Hmm. Now, what do the drugs for depression do? Prozac, Paxil, they kill your sex drive. So how could those be good for you? Well, they're definitely not good for you. I mean, that's uh, light switch off, game over. That's right. When you're on those. Yeah, so, you know, you know I think one, one of my patients asked me, when am I going to have my less testosterone shot? I said, when they pry it out of my dying hands. <laughs> yeah. Pam, did you have any concerns about hormone replacement therapy? Uh, after everything I've read on it, um, I, I was just weary and leery of some of the estrogens and what to take. I mean, that's all you hear is, can- is estrogen causing cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the more I read about the bioidentical, the natural versus the plant derivatives and um, in fact, I told my husband two year, a year and a half ago when this all started, I said, no, I'm not going on HRT. I'm not going to go there. So when BHRT, <laughs> I thought, oh, look at that. But I was complaining so much to everybody, even on the team, that um, one of Dr. Lichten's, actually, one of my teammates, her husband was seeing Dr. Lichten for testosterone. Okay. And she told me, she said, Pam, why don't you go see him? Oh, good thing, huh? Yeah, that's when I read and I did email, but I held off for a year. But uh, day and night. What do you say to other friends that you uh, skate with or hang with, and and they see the changes in you? And I'm you giving see... his cards out every day. Almost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you on a commission yet? Yeah, no. <laughs> not yet. Darn it. I mean, because he's he's helped me so. In fact, I went skating last night with a friend. She asked me. She said, "How do you do it?" Mm. She, I yeah, get that all the time. The energy. I, I mean, get that all the time. Actually, also two years ago, I did leave my desk job, and um, I was an administrative assistant for a an engineering firm on the west side mm-hmm. but i told my husband i said would you mind if i went back into the fitness industry and i'm also a water aerobics instructor too really because i love fitness so yeah i left the desk job and started to do this but then again like i said with menopause <laughs> so this is one of your jobs now you're an instructor mm-hmm. or what, what, what would you call that 
They call it hydro training nowadays. Hydro training. Where do you do that? Water aerobics. Where do you do that? At the Warren Community Center. And uh, anyone in Warren or that area can come by? Yeah, they can go in the pool. There's usually 80 there. There's 80 people in the pool. Oh, wow. Well, this is a national podcast, but you never know. Maybe someone will wander in from the Michigan area and say hey to you. And the certification's national, the AEA. So, yeah. Awesome. And the other benefit which we can add, because it's just fun, is is if you don't look 50 and you don't act 50, people don't treat you as if you're 50, right? Okay, look at Pam's face. Okay, this is where we're going. What is your trade name? What is your uh, email name? What is the name that some of the 30... Five-year-old skaters have called you now? Well, I went to a function recently, and because I wasn't in a speed suit and helmet, which helmet hair. I mean, I walked in. <laughs> uh, a brother on one of the the women on the team, he just, um, he screamed out. He was just like, oh, my, he goes, whoa. And he apologized to my husband. He said, cougar. And I turned around. <laughs> he goes, I'm sorry, he told my husband. I see her in a helmet all the time. He goes, but man, look at her. I'm like, what? It feels good. It is. It's funny. It's just funny. Cougar. You're a cougar, yeah, you. Cougar. <laughs> yeah, he was he was wishing. This is a happily married woman, but he was wishing. He was spotting the twenty years, but he was funny. wishing he was wishing for a chance. Let me tell you, it's great to be happily married, but you know, it's equally great to have other people still yes. call you a cougar, still people look at you and find you attractive. We're not arguing, and she keeps blushing when she says that because she, she loves her husband, no mm-hmm. question. And the bottom line is, and oh, yeah. if she needs to blow off the energy, she's got the skating rink <laughs> in the meantime. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you skating in the middle of the night, honey? Oh, well, you know, I just have a little more energy here, and <laughs> this is one proper way of doing it. Wow. Well, that's uh, been very interesting to learn all this today. Doctor, would you like to add anything else to this conversation? The thing is, every patient is different. And while one woman might only be able to handle 25 milligrams of the testosterone, Pam can handle 200 milligrams because she does so much work and her body is so equipped with this high binding protein that to get the right effect, she can handle eight times more than the, the lowest dose. With no hair growth? No hair growth. You can see it. There's no, no hair growth. No lower voice? No lower voice. And reasonable muscle development. It doesn't look like she's a bodybuilder by any means. I mean, she's got big, strong legs, and they're very well formed because of all the exercise. Got great bottom, arms too. Do, do they're curl. very comfortable. They're they're nice yeah. arms. They're not big. Um, you know, she doesn't have huge pecs, and she doesn't have huge uh, delts. But the buys are nice because she's pumping her arms when she's flying around this ring. I've always thought it was the, the biggest bunch of jive when women say, oh, you know, I don't want to lift weights. I don't want to get big and bulky. You're like, come on, man. That that whole line is so fake. I mean, women, you know, they don't get as big as men. I, you know, admit it. You don't want to lift weights. They, they don't naturally get as big as men. You forgot to tell me about why you were here in the first place. That's better. I mean, oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm an admitted carb, carb and sugar addict. Mm-hmm. And, boy... With and and craved coffee with and I I'm not addicted to the caffeine but I love the French vanilla in it. My husband often said, "Why don't you just mainline the stuff?" Right. Um, but yeah, that did go straight how, to my abs. And now how many everything is you, so I don't know just, where it's going. How many inches have you lost? I would say about five at imagine? least because and it, it's just like it was before. But yet now that I'm older and and have the treatment, um, it's bad. I couldn't get rid of it two years ago. You're tall. You're like five seven. Five nine. Five nine. Half. But you look like you're wearing maybe a is it a four top? It's a small. Okay, a small, which is less than a four. Is that like a two? Like six. I know that, but but you're like a two on top. What's a small? (laughs) How do you know so much about women's tops? (laughs) Because I go out shopping with Carolyn last time. She finally bought some clothes. I said, you know, there's there's even an extra petite. Oh, I okay. believe that. You know, Carolyn's so, small. So, okay. So it's a four or two, whatever it is, but it's mm-hmm. small. And here she is. And when you came in, you said, I wouldn't wear a, a halter type top or whatever it's called because my 
fat show, and now you're not afraid to wear it, right? You're right, and it's amazing because last uh, two weeks ago at practice, I pulled something out. I was going to give the the tank top to somebody, and it wasn't a tank top. It's a real form-fitting, tight speedo, and I thought, I'll give it to this little girl on the team. I tried it on before I went to practice, and it fit. <laughs> it was extra small, so. Imagine. <laughs> I kept it. <laughs> Okay, extra small, no fat, 50-some years old, cougar. Gosh, imagine we could treat a lot of women like this. Maybe we could spray it on Iran. We can solve the whole world problem because the guys will never get out of the house. Oh, well. Another story, another another, another political day for us here. (laughs) That's why you have the great mind, ideas like that. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing, the mind of Dr. Lichten. And if you want to talk to Dr. Lichten, you can do that. He's available for consultations at 248-593-9999. Again, the number to reach Dr. Edward Lichten is 248-593-9999. And we also answer questions on our website. You can link right through at usdoctorradio at gmail.com. Again, usdoctorradio at gmail.com. Dr. Lichten's website is usdoctor.com. And you can hear all the programs there or on our website at antiagingradio.com. We've got it all covered for you. And when you get out to Dr. Lickin's website, you can also order his book, The Textbook of Bioidentical Hormones. And some of these natural products we've talked about, the vitamin D, the DHEA, and the multipotent vitamins are now available on usdoctor.com. Look at the product line. Throw us an email, throw us a uh, fax, and we'll mail the products out to you. And these are over-the-counter, so they can be shipped anywhere in the United States. These are the same quality products we give our patients here, the same products that my wife and my family members and I take at home. Good deal. And thanks to you, the listeners, thousands and thousands of new ones coming online every single month through iTunes. We appreciate it. There's also a little place where you can click to share our message. So pass it along to others. Let them know the good news, just like you heard from Pam today. Hey, you don't have to get older. You can truly, truly be better. Yeah. And next week, I think next week, we're going to get to the topic on uh, health care, a, a new health care plan that's devised by you, actually. Yes. So some new ideas. And as I was studying for the show, it, it was very interesting. Some of the points are quite, quite interesting. I think you listeners will find them valuable to hear. So that's in a future episode on antiagingradio.com or usdoctor.com. That wraps this program. Pam, thanks for coming by. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Dr. Licken, we'll see you again next week. Until then, I'm Steve Peck saying stay healthy, everyone.